Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, there's a bit of joyriding going out on outside, I think. So joyriding? <laughs> Blimey. Yeah, so if you hear um, hear any motor motoring noises, that's what that is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's uh, very strange. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um, apart from that, I think I'm okay. What about you? I am okay too. I got a lovely delivery of stationery from Present and Correct this so I'm very happy. I made an order and I have the most gorgeous new bright pink pencil case. I have notebooks, pencils, pens, little note cards. I'm happy with all of that. Oh, that sounds good. I need to get new pens. <gasps> they have lovely pens. Okay, I shall have a look. Yes, I mean, just everything is better with good stationery. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It so is. Like, I got everything out. I laid it all out. I kept rearranging it, looking (laughs) at it in different angles. I tried out each thing. So much play value. Oh, that's a very good idea. I'll I'll, shall have a look into into that. Mm, Very much recommended. And what have you been up to? Um... Nothing much. Just has been quite a lot of work, so mm. that's sort of been mainly it. I'm I'm reading this book. You know, you know the Green Hat by Michael Arlen. Oh yes, yes. So I don't know anymore how I came across that he's written. Well, obviously he wrote other things, and I've got this book called Mayfair, but it's written in two words, and it's oh. um, a lot of short stories. Uh, mm. And I was really looking forward to reading it, but there are a bit strange. Oh, strange in what way? Well, there's sort of some of them are quite sinister. He also his views about certain communities. I think uh, he... it's not something I agree with. So I think I thought, and that is correct, that there is quite a bit about London and particularly streets. And I think isn't the green uh. hat sat in that little area near the royal academy um, is it i haven't ever read it i'm afraid ah okay there is this sort of area that i've forgotten what it's called it's sort of near curzon street i think between curzon street and sort of piccadilly and i think he must have lived there because it it comes up a lot in I in see. the book and, uh, and when is it from 24 or something like that mm. so 25 actually um but that's pretty much all I've been up to. I know, well, work takes up extra, mm. extra time, I think. Yeah. I read a really good book, actually, I forgot to tell you, um, that my one of my very fabulous MAs, Devon, told me about. It's called The Five, and it's The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper. That's the subtitle. Oh. And like she said to me, but it's not gory, it's not violent. And it's not, it's fascinating. I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly sad, but... It's really like amazing because the detail and depth of research I think is really good, and it tells you about you know like some of, it's five women so at least two of them three of them in fact start off not well off but you know like upper working class mm. lower middle class and then it's just a series of events that mean they're living on the streets or no I don't mean as as sex workers I mean mm. that they're homeless and become vulnerable because of that and it's like I've never read any Jack the Ripper books and I'm not into any of that kind of book at all but it's very 
it's like you never hear about women like this of kind of working class women who are just trying to survive basically and there's really interesting kind of random dress details pop up like for example one of them gets arrested and when she gets her clothes back it's like all the little things that she has kind of secreted in her skirt Mm. that she manages to somehow in her skirt she's got like a little tin of tea and sugar and just the idea that you have that that's like a basic necessity for her to have in her skirt you know Mm. and just like things about what what someone was seen in last and so people remembering that but then lots of women had that silhouette so are they remembering the right outfit you know Mm. and it's just again like I really love books that that are about cities and bits of cities so it's fascinating in terms of London then and and I think really really good at explaining the situation of homeless people at that time and how like for example I didn't know in the 1880s lots of homeless people lived in Trafalgar Square oh I didn't know that Mm. no and just like how how you know like a series of bad events that could yes. happen to anyone oh, i know i know i'm being very kind of trite because of course we know that 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 can lead to homelessness but then the the kind of vulnerability of homelessness and how you know jack the ripper was preying on women who were sleeping in the streets basically mm. because i again didn't know but then i wouldn't because i'm not into that that i think all but one of his victims was asleep Oh, I didn't know. I should I should know much more about it because when I started at the Museum of London, not long after there was we had an exhibition in Docklands at the Museum in Docklands about oh, Jack the right. Ripper, and there was some dress involved. Mm. We had some bonnets on display. I don't know whether bonnets appear in the book you're reading. I think um, you do get a bit, but I don't remember mm, it as a feature. Yeah, but I do recommend it. As I said, it's it's not a happy read Mm. you know it's terribly terribly sad but I think it's it's like an important reminder of how life can change and how circumstances can change and like networks of support can collapse or Mm. you know several of the women become alcoholics and it's essentially because of what's happened to them that that then happens that Mm. then you know, and just these communities of, of sort of transient people who are, I didn't, like, I didn't know there was, like, I knew, obviously, about workhouses, but that you could kind of essentially check yourself into a workhouse. Oh, I And then know. you get mm. sort of turfed out the next morning, and that kind of institutionalization to protect you, but then can also make you more vulnerable, because then you've been part of that community. Yeah. But also... You know, all these lodging houses where people were just, you know, hopefully having enough pennies to stay there at night. And obviously you can't leave any of your things there, so all the stuff you carry around with you and just these sort of communities in, like, Whitechapel that were so incredibly poor and dangerous, which, yeah, which then meant you could be preyed on. It's it's interesting that also you said they were, I guess the reason why we do know quite a bit is because of this sort of in, inverted commas, or maybe not, institutionalization. I yes. guess they, yeah. the women appear in records of the workhouses yes. or because they've been arrested or I guess it's all that kind of um, yeah, detail. I mean, 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, the like descriptions of what people were wearing when they were arrested or descriptions of them in court or that, you know, because clothing was expensive and had value, like, what had been stolen but there's also like because of what happened to them mm. some of their friends and relatives then wrote accounts of them and there's witness statements oh, okay but there's also kind of then working back from that the author Hallie Rubenhold has kind of worked backwards as well from that to find out about their early lives which is obviously from like church records and you know moving across country for you know to see family and how this sort of thing that for women, if you're traveling when poor, then it almost exclusively is to see family. So there's that, or for work. But mm. then even with that, why would a poor person get a job in another place? Because how would they even know they could, you know? Mm. So it's, yeah, these sort of networks of what happens to people. And like one of them, the one who is a sex worker, thinks she's got this sort of wonderful man who's going to marry her in Paris and when she gets there she's been trafficked in fact but manages to get back but then is in danger so can't get her expensive wardrobe she had because she was quite a high class sex sex worker Mm. can't get it back because the person she left it with was clearly also the one who sold her oh god Mm. so she's then can't go back in the west end and be a sort of high level sex worker because she would be found and would be in danger. So this pushes her into less salubrious bits of the city and therefore, you know, her decline mm. from that. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, no, it's 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 really, I'm so glad Devon told me about it because it is, it's one I would never have read yes. unless someone mm. told me about it because I would just see Jack the Ripper and think, oh no, I don't want to read yeah. about that. But, no, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it does sound it. And but what apart, else have you been else? doing? What else? Well, apart from that, I wanted to tell you, because do you remember I mentioned to you before that we were having our first fashion interpretations meeting with everyone who's in the group? Oh, really? Everyone? Ev- everyone. <laughs> wow. Because we, we would have been doing this in public, ah. but because of the situation, no. So... We've postponed the symposium, which was the public bit. And instead of doing the public bit as like a work in progress, that will now happen in December as a kind of our work completed, you know. So it's just kind of shifted the kind of chronology of the project, really. Mm. And so, in fact, was it yesterday night? I'm very confused about which day is which. It was yesterday. It was only yesterday night. It was so good. It was really nice because... Obviously, I run it with Judith Clark, who mm. we love. And then it was all the other project members. So it's like an international array of gorgeousness and brilliance. And each of us, we just took five minutes and like one image or two images, just saying, this is where I am now in mm. my work. So it was interesting because we've talked to like maybe groups of four or five but not all 12 How many? Our 12. Mm. So that was really great because already with the smaller group meetings, really interesting connections have started to come out. So it's like our project is, is called Fashion Interpretations and it's about the impact of medium on fashion's meanings. So it's like there's people like me who are academics 
who are like I'm I'm working on fashion illustration and photography and the sort of relationship between the two in interwar American high fashion magazines mm. so like I talked about one Man Ray photograph that's actually in negative and then has bright colour added to suggest the colours of part of the dress. Mm. So it was kind of interesting to hear about everyone's work, but also how they used the five minutes. Yeah, and just one image. Yeah, and it was actually, it was really great because we were worried about it going on too long because you know it's just impossible to sit in a Zoom meeting Mm. for too long. But everyone was brilliant because we did it all in an hour and a half and it felt right, you know. You didn't sort of think, oh, my... I mean, obviously you wanted to hear more, but at the same time you felt like you'd had a snapshot of Mm. each person's. And you have curators involved, so how did they deal with the image? Did they show an image of a mannequin, something on a mannequin? Well, it's really interesting because... Obviously, Judith is a curator and exhibition designer, so mm. what she's working on is Madame de Genlis and this book she wrote for children. And in the book, there's little illustrations which are using certain sort of little attributes to indicate what they're about. So, like, she chose an image of the page that's about Pan. So there's, like, the reeds that would be used to make his pipe. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, things that you're not actually shown an image of Pan, you're shown things that tell you Mm. but you but clearly the children at that time were educated in a way that they would know those things in Mm. so what she's doing is thinking that kind of through and working with another curator in switzerland who's also part of the project and they're thinking about how would you design an exhibition where you maybe don't have the dress and mannequins but you have things props and attributes that refer to them Mm. so you're like thinking what would the audience understand potentially Mm. and what would you put to represent these things because obviously when you have a an exhibition usually like you said you'd have a mannequin so the mannequin Mm. is already telling you some things there might be a set that's telling things so like if you take those ingredients out what can you create so Mm. she showed that and then Alyssa, who's at momo in antwerp she showed her pin board of what she's thinking about because she's really interested in mannequins and emotion like the emotional response you can evoke for people when they come into a dress exhibition so she had Mm. super interesting so she had yeah a picture of her pin board so you could kind of see how she's kind of thinking through which designers to include how they might be grouped you know what might go around those things and then she also had a photograph from a lookbook that really evokes emotion for her so mm. she wants oh, okay. so that's mm. kind of important to it so that was really fascinating and then we have artists involved as well so Richard Haynes was showing us like a picture of a bar door from the Gulin Institute in France mm-hmm. where you think he'd always thought it was drawn but when he finally saw it it's in fact fabric so it's like you know in each case it's like the medium at some points kind of confuses you or or like you have to read through the medium Mm. if you see what I mean yeah and then he's he's doing his own drawings on procreate you know the ipad program oh yeah it's like what does that do that he's Mm. using that but he's looking at 1930s fashion to produce that so 
you know, obviously the line is really important in drawing, but how is it rendered in each through each medium? Yeah. So that was really beautiful. And Leanne Shapton, who's another fabulous artist, she was she's looking at secondhand clothing and how people photograph it to sell it online. Oh, that's interesting. So like, but she's then being inspired by their photographs to then do paintings and some of them are quite realist and some are quite abstracted so it's like they they go further away from the original garment but but how much do they still evoke and mm. tell you of that original so it's it was so fascinating Beatrice honestly it was so so just amazing and like some of them we're, we're like each taking it turns mm. to write something on our blog and also take over the fashion interpretations Instagram. So quite a few of these people, you can go back and look, and there's like more detail in the Instagram or blog. Should I keep just telling you? Yeah, I just or maybe I'm interested that you that you incorporate. Obviously, you would because you're all, all super clever, but you, that you would incorporate, you know, yet another medium into the whole or two, like a blog and an Instagram. Yeah, well, yeah, that into was the whole project. that's kind of part of. I think what's fun and exciting for all of us is that it seems like such an obvious thing and theme, but as soon as we thought of it, we thought, but we can't actually think of very much in terms of fashion on this. Like, obviously, there's masses on fashion media, mm. and there is very little. And then you start to realize how much you're continually doing this yourself. So, you know, because I work in words, I'm continually going from one medium to the next. Mm. And then Instagram, yeah, and the blog. And then super exciting, wonderful Dal Choda and Jane Howard, who are journalists and stylists, they are going to produce the first issue of Archivist Addendum, their publication, which will bring together all of our work. Oh, and like it won't be a magazine, it will be a box with something rep from each of us. Oh, wow. So it's like what we do, they are then interpreting into yet another medium, mm. which people can then have. That sounds amazing. When will so that happen? Next year or? In December. In December. Mm. So, yeah. So it's like we are, so we had this meeting, which, as I said, originally it was meant to be that we, because it's international, there's like people from America, Canada, Switzerland, Belgium, Russia, You know, it's, it's really international. And we were meant to all be in London and yesterday to have our private meeting, which would have been a version of this, and then symposium yesterday and Saturday. But what we'll do now is we'll all do whatever it is we're contributing, give that to Dal and Jane in October, and then they will produce it in its beautiful box for December for the symposium. Mm, so that's when we hope We yeah. will all be mm. together in real life. But we also, because it's funded by the AHRC and it's called a networking project. So really for us, this is like the exploratory time to sort mm. of see, draw out threads. Because as I say, sorry, can you hear code? <laughs> yes, I, I can. Don't know what terrible crime has been committed that he needs to police in the street, <laughs> but, you know, he's on it. So like for this, we're thinking, yes, that we each start to think in these terms And we start to see, just like by doing what we're doing and talking to each other, there are already like things, Alyssa and Richard have done some things together. And it's, it's like you can see interesting strands coming mm. out 
that we couldn't have known about without doing it. And so then we're going to put in a big bid this year and hope to get lots more money so that we can make it like a long, like three to five year project where we produce much bigger things. So Mm. like some of us might write a book, some of us might do an exhibition, we might do things together, we'll do things separately, but, you know, really, really explore it in depth so it's it's like really exciting because it feels like you're in a laboratory yeah and it's someone doing looking at film as well is that part of it yes yes we got charles tupperman who i really like him and i think his work is just so fascinating he works on amateur film oh yeah and he's did he present at this conference yeah 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 Mm. yeah, he's Mm. really great and he he's in canada at calgary university and he is looking he's He's been doing a lot of work on creating databases of amateur film. Mm. And he's interested not just in, like, family films, but amateurs who are really concerned with aesthetics and things. And mm. who are So he's got more and more interested in travel films and how people, when they travel, often dress up in their idea of the country's clothing. <laughs> oh, really? And then kind of perform it mm. on holiday. How funny. But then it also goes back and gets commercialized in the States as a form of fashion. So he's looking at at the ways that amateur film kind of mediates vernacular fashions. Mm. And it's really, really interesting. Um, so he showed just stills from films that were really cool. And then there's Lisa Cohen, who's writing. I've just admired her writing for so long. I think she's amazing. And she's looking at... It's in, incredibly moving and it's um people who talk she's been doing interviews with people talking about the clothing of like their loved ones who've died Mm. and like taking photographs of the clothes and getting them to talk about it mm. it's so so beautiful and really kind of melancholy and amazing and she she's very interested in how you write biographies and i think she writes beautifully on clothes Mm. within that yeah Mm. And then Olga, who is fabulous, and she is based in Moscow, mm-hmm. and she is writing about she's writing about little Lord Fauntleroy, and <sighs> and like how the author's name's gone out of my head, Frances Compton Burnett, isn't it? She how she dressed her child like this, and there are like photographs of him, but then wrote about him, but then it gets translated into all these different mediums because then you know people drew pictures there are photographs of children dressed like this stores made versions of the outfit there Mm. was there were films with it so it continually gets translated into a different medium but then there's also like her reference points like oscar wilde's lecturing oh yeah it's it's like Mm. this fascinating kind of web of of different references and and different meanings it's really amazing and then the last one in the group i think i've said everything now so i've done a monologue that's no no it's really interesting (laughs) and then liz you know lovely liz Mm. contesco she's looking at the levy strauss's um like a an album of their photographs from when they were in brazil in the 30s and then they created a book from it i think in the 60s so again it's like people looking at and seeking to understand this dress and like the kind of complications of them, what the photographs show of it, and then them editing it later, looking back. Mm. 
That's so really fascinating. Yeah. It was it was so much fun. Like I was quite nervous because it was the first time we were all meeting and it obviously mm. it's weird when you're doing it online and everything. But it was just it was just so much fun because they're all such nice people and fascinating and it was so interesting in terms of hearing an individual and thinking how it fits within the group and how it connects. And then Dal and Jane asking questions about well what might be the output from this what how Mm. might we translate it so yes it was super fun did you record it we recorded it just as a sort of Mm. dodgy zoom on yeah yeah Mm. it's not something you know of a quality you can do anything with Mm. no but obviously when we do the symposium we want to make sure we can we can record it in a, a way that mm. we can actually show people yeah and also that i don't know somehow speaks to the whole theme i guess yes yeah yeah mm. it was very funny because i thought i'll be super clever and i'll take screenshots while it's going on mm. so that i have these lovely screenshots they're so bad because like, everyone else looks fine and then i'm pulling this really strange face because clearly i'm looking down oh do yeah my, so i look like i'm being really snooty so I can't actually use these screensets. Oh, but never mind. Never mind. Never mind. That sounds so nice. That sounds such a good, wonderful thing to do. It was really, really nice. And it was also fun because we, instead of asking, we typed questions and comments while people were speaking. Oh, so yeah. we also mm. have like the comments. Or the chat. Mm. Yeah, as well. But no, it was really nice. And I... Again, I think we'd been worried when we were planning it, thinking, oh, my goodness, we're making people look at a screen for this long. But because it was such interesting people and so varied, it was fine. Like, it seemed to go really fast. It was about an hour and a half in the end. And it, you know, you're you're just kind of absorbed in all of it. Mm. And I think it's like you kind of need that for Zoom because... Yeah. If things are too long and you're going through procedures and I know. like it might be really important things, but if it's not kind of visual and different and dynamic, it's quite difficult, I uh, think. Yeah, definitely. But well, yeah, thank you for great. telling me. I feel like I was there now. I'm glad that I could tell you. And, you know, next time I will show you pictures also. Okay. Yeah. And I will look <laughs> at the uh, Instagram and the... I haven't yeah, actually do. looked at the blog, so... Which is shameful. Yeah, yeah, I will, do, I, will do that. I can't remember how many people we've still got left to do it, but um, Fran, who is our super fantastic network assistant, runs the blog and Instagram, and she's just great. And she's going to put up something next week about this meeting okay. as well. Okay. So that's what I did this week. Great. And I, um, so I've got some stuff to do now, too. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. All right. Well, great to talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.